The Gospel reading for this morning is from Luke, St. Luke, chapter 7. The words are printed in your bulletin. Please follow along or listen as you choose. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks of love and hope. God, open your word to us this day. Open our hearts to receive it. We love you. We pray these things in your name. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at table. And behold, woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was at the table at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, What is it, teacher? A certain creditor had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he forgave them both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose to whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Once I had a secret love that lived within the heart of me. All too soon my secret love became impatient to be free. And now I shouted from the highest hill, even told the golden daffodil. At last my heart's an open door, and my secret love's no secret any. Hiding your passion, that thing you love more than life itself, is like trying to hide an elephant in your bathroom. 
Hello? You can't do it, right? When you are passionate about chocolate or the Golden State Warriors or Beethoven or gummy worms, everybody knows. Just say those magic words, whatever those words that may be for you and me, and our faces light up, our hands start to sweat, and we start dancing like the inaudible music we hear just went into overdrive. There is absolutely no such thing as a secret love. You may think you have kept it close to the vest, but the pounding heart coming out of your throat is giving it all away. The woman that rushes over to Simon's posh reception for Jesus has no intention of hiding her passionate adoration and undying gratitude. She not only finds her way over to the honored rock star, but her hands are full of expensive gifts and tissue for the tears that are pouring down her face. She is a Jesus groupie, for heaven's sake. She is, Simon, is so embarrassed, to say the least, because the woman is already infamously known around town, not for being a crazed fan club member, but for selling her body to the highest bidder. The passionate, obsessed with the king of love woman doesn't care what Simon or the other guests or even Jesus thinks about her drooling and crying and extravagant behavior. She is focused on the one that has finally loved her more than words can say. We don't know from this passage how they met and or if they have exchanged any words, but it doesn't matter. She has seen it in his eyes and heard it in his voice while he was telling his followers that they are lights in the world of darkness. Suddenly, in her darkest moment, the eyes and the, the eyes of her heart have been opened, and she sees light, her own light, that fabulous gift that God has made her to be and that can change the world. She can hardly believe it, but the author of love assures her that she has nothing to fear. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What? Are you crazy, Jesus? The town harlot's life is saved by her faith? How? Why? What does that mean anyway? It means that her over-the-top crazy in love gratitude has given her life and hope and laughter again. It means that she is set free at last to be the light she was meant to be, not the darkness of her own fear and shame and labels she has been given and ones she has given herself. Her passionate, life-transforming faith has saved her, just like our crazy love from God is saving us. Amen? Amen. We are here this morning in the service of worship because we are Jesus groupies. Amen? Amen. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says that woman and man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. We were made for worship, made for love. 
made to bring arms full of extravagant gifts and, t- and tissues as we cry tears of joy here around this table at 7th Avenue Church and party with the holy rock star and who is telling us over and over and over again that he loves us more than words can say. I have a question for all of you because I always have a question that I want you to answer. What happens to groupies when they have lost their passion for their idol? Or put it another way, how and why do we lose our over-the-top, crazy-in-love desire for the people and things that we once adored? That's the question that you have to answer. We get a new love to find something better. Or at least we think so, and we hope so. We get bored. Oh my goodness. Such an old idol. Yuck. Without, how else do we lose our, lose our passion? I'm sorry. We're disappointed with that person that we thought was idyllic. <laughs> We get lost. We lose our focus. Yeah. Those are good answers, and they're all true. And we all had we all had our moments of being passionate about something, and suddenly it's like, where did it go? With whomever or whatever. So I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion and an exercise to rekindle an over-the-top, passionate love for God. And the exercise and the suggestion is to act as if. Act. Go through the motions. Do something that's crazy and wonderful and fun as if your passionate love is still here. In May of 2006, I moved from Southern California to the East Bay to become the executive pastor at the Christian Layman Church in Oakland. I had been told by a number of the board members during the interview process that the church was going through some very challenging issues and their concerns about their lead pastor's leadership abilities to get them them to a healthier place. The lead pastor also met with me and shared his concerns about his workings and relationships with the lay leaders. Needless to say, I had some idea about what I was getting myself into when I accepted the position, but nothing, nothing could have prepared me for the tumultuous two and a half years that followed my arrival. It took every ounce of energy and patience and tears of frustration and joy and love to journey with the people of faith that all meant well, but were not were just not able to work through all they had gone that had gone on and not gone on for many years. There were many, many board meetings where we where hard words were spoken and tears of frustration were shed. People were leaving the church even as I walked into my office on my first day and parishioners continued to depart as the church's dysfunction went on and on. Finally, 
After much pain-filled struggle and the hiring of an outside consultant, the lead pastor resigned, and with him went a few more families that were longtime members of the church. It was beyond tragic and disheartening for all concerned at Christian Lehman, and Christian Lehman was definitely not a place of passionate love for God or anything or anyone else, for that matter, at the end of it all. The board asked me if I would be the interim lead pastor, and after much anguished prayer, I told them that I would accept the position. The months that followed the lead pastor's departure and my tenure as the interim were crazy hard. It felt like we were trying to revive a dead horse at times, and most days, I, would, I was so exhausted from meetings with folks and working with the staff and trying to figure out the answers, I would run home to sleep and hope and pray that a miracle would happen. Hallelujah. The miracle did. God said to me, act as if. What does that mean, God? Act as if Christian Lehman was passionately over the top in love with me. I ran back to my prayer closet and I found the answer. 150 pounds of meat. Yes. Yes, that's what we need to do. We need to throw a posh party. We need to eat and drink and celebrate as if, as if our church was passionately, passionately in love with Jesus and depended on him on the over-the-top love for God because we did. It was now the Advent season, and I told the entire congregation that we were going to have an extravagant prime rib dinner, and I was going to cook all the meat in the church kitchen, and they were going to provide all the sides. Does that sound crazy or what? I think I also failed to mention that Christian Lehman does not have their own building, and so they meet at the Seventh-day Adventist across the street from Lake Merritt. The STAs are vegetarians. We were going to turn their facility into Harris's Steakhouse, but I didn't care. It was now a matter of life and death. It was time to start cooking up a storm. One of the wonderful members of, and one of my closest friends of the church offered to help me. And together we chopped and browned and roasted 150 pounds of prime grade ribeye. We started early in the morning on the second Sunday of Advent, slaving in the kitchen for hours and having the time of our lives. What fun and what incredible energy and love in a kitchen filled with smoke and oju. It was getting close to dinner time, and people started coming with their side dishes, wonderful salads, delicious potatoes and vegetable dishes, and endless chocolate desserts for their chocoholic interim lead pastor. My sous chef and I were so busy in the kitchen right up until dinner, I didn't get a chance to go into the social hall right next door. When I finally went into the dining area, I couldn't believe my eyes. The room was so beautiful. The staff and board members had spent hours and hours decorating and getting tables set up and candles lit. The long tables were filled with people, 
eating and drinking the most amazing meal I have ever seen. But everything I saw and smelled when I opened the kitchen door paled to the miracle that I heard. Laughter. I had not heard real laughter and joy in a church for so long I had forgotten what it sounded like. It sounded like heaven, the life-giving songs of love and mercy, and I started to cry tears of healing and redemption. The extravagant, crazy, not completely appropriate for SDA's act of the celebration had done its trick. It would not happen overnight, but from that night, things turned around at Christian Layman Church. Life and hope returned, and the journey toward rebuilding continues to this day. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured oil on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, her many sins are forgiven. For she loves so much. But he who has been forgiven little loves so little. Act as if. Act as if you're crazy in love with the one that loves you more than words can say. Act as if your life depends on being crazy in love with the author of love because it does. Act as if you are a Jesus groupie and pay no attention to all the strange looks and comments you will receive because God knows you will. The honest answer is that you, that you and I can't hide our passion and our greatest love. And the world is so much in need of 150 pounds of meat and laughter and celebration that will save them from their fear and set them free at last. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine before women and men. Now I shouted from the highest hill, even told a golden daffodil at last. My heart's an open door, and my secret love's no secret anymore.